Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to the June 2011 CTSS quiz. We're going to have a series of 10 cases, and uh, hopefully you'll like them, and hopefully you got them all correctly. As you notice, from this month, we now put the answers up at the same time we put the quiz up, which means is once you take the quiz, you can check your answers, unlike before we had to wait a month. So we're trying to make sure that everyone gets everything they need. Okay, let's get started with these 10 great cases. This is an interesting case. Uh, 40-year-old female, what's the best diagnosis? What I want you to look at here is there's a cystic lesion, and at first thought you might think about a IPMN, but there's no dilated duct. But what I want you to look at, the image on your right, which is the 3D volume rem rendered image, look at the enhancement of the periphery of the lesion. So this is a cystic lesion with peripheral enhancement. Not many things do that. IPMs ends do not enhance. Lymphomas are solid. Adenoceas are hypodense. No rim enhancement. This is classic for a neuroendocrine tumor. We have seen many neuroendocrine tumors. Remember, you think about them as large. You think about them as hypervascular. We've seen a number of small and medium-sized cystic lesions with rim enhancement. You see rim enhancement, it's classic for a neuroendocrine tumor. What a great case. I show you this case in part because you look at the 3D images on your right, you see like a cobweb of vessels. And what the heck is going on there? Is there varices? This is all around the duodenum. When you look at the sagittal view, you see the issue. The SMA looks great, but look at the celiac. It's markedly narrowed. It's a fishhook configuration, and look at the median awkward ligament pushing down. This is a classic median awkward ligament syndrome. The key thing to me is that you have so many collaterals through the GDA. Now, most of the time, this is not a problem. Patients do fine. But if this patient had a pancreatic mass and needed a Whipple's procedure, or was a patient who had surgery on the liver and was getting a transplant, for example, this could cause serious problems. You could infarct the liver if you sacrifice the GDA. So a very important finding, and it's a finding I've noticed that's often missed. Also, at times, those multiple collateral vesters through the GDA can simulate a mass around the head of the pancreas, particularly on a non-contrast CT. So something very important to look at. Now this case I really liked, and I had a hard time giving you the correct or wrong answers for this case. What you're seeing is on non-contrast and contrast scans, an oval right adrenal mass. Now what was important here was the patient's adrenal was normal six months earlier. This patient had been on Coumadin and was having back pain and abdominal pain. And this is an adrenal hemorrhage. Now I put down lymphoma, as the uh, least likely diagnosis, because lymphomas rarely involve the adrenal. When they do, uh, they often are bilateral, and they're typically very large, and they maintain the adrenal shape. They're not oval. Uh, an adenoma can enhance a little bit, and this might be a lipid-poor adenoma. Metastases are always a possibility. I didn't give you any history of that, but it's something to think about. So least likely is lymphoma, but the reality in this case, high density, this was an adrenal hemorrhage. Again, with adrenal hemorrhage, when it's bilateral, patients become Addisonian. Uh, unilateral, typically, it's not going to be a problem. This is a nice set of images. What you're seeing here is a CTA, where you're looking at the carotids, and you're looking at the intracranial vessels. And you look at the bone images, and you see the bones removed, but it's really removed well. There's no artifact on the study. And you know with bone removal, even in the best of hands, it's often difficult at the base of the skull, particularly in patients who are older because of atherosclerotic disease. When you remove the bones so well, what you're really doing is you're doing dual energy. We're doing dual energy acquisitions at 140 and 100 kVp at the same time. Then we use the subtraction of bone technique. And bone and contrast behave differently, so you're left 
with the contrast. Just a very nice application. Runoff studies and cranial studies are wonderful applications for dual energy CT. This next case is a gray one. Look at the CT urograms. So look at the calyces. There's like a flowers, these like little petals coming off each of those calyces. And that's a very classic appearance. What is it for? Medullary sponge kidney. This was described in IVP days. Things is not. Transitional cell carcinomas destroy the calyces, and papillary necrosis has filling defects, not this very nice you know, fanning of the contrast. And nephrocalcinosis gives you stones, can cause a similar appearance at times, though not this extensive, not bilateral, and surely not so symmetric. And this is a wonderful example of medullary sponge kidney, which is typically a leave-alone incidental finding, and the key thing is to know to leave it alone. I showed you this case. This patient is 25 years following aortic aneurysm repair for the best diagnosis. Large mass. This patient about six months ago had spinal surgery, and I guess one could wonder if somehow or other they hit the patient's uh, um, artery. But you see a stent in place. You see the large bleed. This is a classic pseudoaneurysm. This graph was present for about 25 years, so the patient got there as money's worth. And the patient, who was very funny, said, uh, when they put it in that this would last 20 or 25 years and the, as she said the warranty expired it was time to get it fixed this is a great case this is the best example of a perforated ulcer I've ever seen look at the ulceration look at the wall thickening uh, could this be cancer the answer is yes so I asked for the best diagnosis and it is a perforated gastric ulcer it could be an ulcer in a carcinoma this was an ulcer in inflammatory tissue Lymphomas don't perforate like that. It's not under the distension of the stomach. Just look at that beautiful mucosal enhancement. Look at the axial and the coronal 3D views. Very nice uh, example of a perforated ulcer. Good example of using water as a contrast agent and the importance of IV contrast material. Just a wonderful case. Here's another case, and I'm asking you what the least likely diagnosis is. Well, if I look at the pancreas, what I see is diffusely enlarged, sort of a lumpy, bumpy pancreas, which doesn't enhance all that well. Now, maybe it's pancreatitis, though I don't see any stranding around the gland in a typical fashion. Maybe it's carcinoma, but I don't see a dilated duct. Neuroendocrine tumors that we think about, but it's not enhancing, that doesn't make any sense. Um, We've had a few cases, like this patient had surgery. We don't see any dilated duct, no common duct, no discrete mass, some perfusion changes. This ended up being autoimmune pancreatitis. It's a very unusual process. We've seen many cases. IgG for positive is make the diagnosis. Often focal pancreatic bases can be simulated by autoimmune pancreatitis. Occasionally the entire pancreas can be inflamed, and often you have a cigar-shaped configuration. What's unusual about this case is the, the configuration. One thing helpful is a lack of enhancement, but that's not always helpful. I put down lymphoma as the least likely diagnosis only because we hardly ever see pancreatic lymphoma unless we see big bulky nodes. This is a great case. Um, I asked you in this case what's the best diagnosis in the patient with pancreatitis. You see what at first looks like a vascular lesion, but then you look at it carefully and you recognize it's a pseudoaneurysm. Okay. On non-contrast scans, you don't see it. It could look just like a pseudocyst. Uh, could it be a, a neuroendocrine tumor? Well, usually they're not so homogeneous. And when you look carefully, you see the high density around it. It's a pseudoaneurysm that had bled. Pseudoaneurysms most commonly come off the patient's uh, hepatic artery or GDA in patients with pancreatitis, but it can be splenic artery, can be hepatic artery, can be SMA, and this was off the patient's um, 
celiac just near where the uh, uh, hepatic artery would be coming off. So just a wonderful example of a pseudoaneurysm. And it's not one of those vascular neuroendocrine tumors, and it's not one of those um, other possibilities such as metastatic disease from the kidney. You'll notice both kidneys look good. This next case is a nice example of nodes in, this, in the pretracheal zone, AP window, subcarinal, and hilar regions. What I want you to notice about these nodes is they're kind of low density. And low density, I've got to think MAITB. Lymphoma can give necrotic nodes, but usually it's after radiation therapy, but not always. Small cell lung cancer is more unilateral, but the nodes are typically solid. Silicosis, you think calcified eggshell nodes. So TB is the best diagnosis here, lumpy, bumpy nodes. I didn't mention sarcoid as a possibility. Sarcoid can give you this distribution of nodes, but usually the sarcoid nodes are fairly uh, homogeneous, not so cystic. So the best diagnosis in this case is TB. Well, I guess that's it. 10 great cases. Hopefully you gave 10 great answers. And I hope you have 30 great days until the next quiz. Thanks a lot.